Hello and welcome to another installment of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky with Father Boniface Hicks. We have just ended our last podcast having the discussion about prayer and how you visualize God when you're sitting there praying and talking to him and kind of want to keep that conversation going about how to pray, how, how to keep this going because we've all been in a confession before where it ends and, and the Father says you should pray on it and using this this forum to kind of articulate how to do it and what that means and the experiences we should be striving to achieve knowing that we're not there yet and, and in some ways this is like how do you get the sharpest knife possible it's probably not hmm. possible but there is a certain point when it gets the job done and I think that that's part of the challenge that general analogy for all of life when that is the right point but with prayer being the number one thing that we've talked about and how to view God it seems to be the natural continuation so with that being said we left off last one father with uh with prayer is never impatient because love is never impatient and impatient it's not divine and um and i kind of wanted to see if we can pick up upon that last stream of thought uh, so that's all relating to that question of how do i visualize jesus so to bring us back into that space say for example you want to pray Again, let's just, for the sake of argument, imagine that you take time, uh, go go to a church. Again, you can do this in your home. It's nice to have an image maybe of the Sacred Heart or a, a crucifix perhaps so that we have some point of focus. It just helps us as human beings. It's not absolutely necessary. God is, uh, is with us all the time, but that's hard for us to hold on to. So again, let's just imagine we're going to church and you can imagine your own parish church, for example. It's nice to place ourselves in front of the tabernacle because the Blessed Sacrament is there. We know that Jesus is in the, the tabernacle. The Blessed Sacrament is the, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. And so he's really there. We know that. That's, that's a truth that we believe. Now, again, if we have some people who aren't quite there yet, they'll have to uh, suspend disbelief for a moment to allow me to illustrate this experience of prayer but I go there I perhaps kneel down in the church and and I begin to speak to God from my heart and we can address him by name Jesus uh, I want to share my heart with you I want to share my life with you and um, we, we can be honest I'm, I'm not even sure how to do this very well the apostles themselves said Lord teach us to pray and I, I don't always know how to pray I don't always know how to say there if, if there are right words that I say to you or not, not always sure how to do that. I have a lot of things in my heart. I have some concerns maybe for my family, maybe for uh, my work, and I want to express those concerns to you. And, and now maybe we stop at this point. How do we imagine Jesus looking at us at this moment? Do we imagine that he's distracted walking away, disinterested. Well, that's not the Jesus that I know. God's full attention is on us. So let's imagine that Jesus is looking at us. Now, what is the face of Jesus like? Well, again, we know that God is love. And what is the most loving face that you have ever seen? It's a good starting point. 
Jesus is more loving than that. But it's a good starting point to imagine the most loving face that you can and his genuine concern, his care for you. He treats each one of us as if we were the only one. That's the kind of attention that he has. So, so we can kind of imagine this. How is he treating me? And if I make that act of trust that he really does care about me that way, I may start to also feel listened to. Like, wow, God is really here, and he's really listening to me. He really cares about me. This is amazing. How, how can this be? I'm not that important. We might even say that. I'm not that important. Why would you listen to me? And yet, I believe he really is. I believe he's really here, and he's really listening to me, and he really cares about these things in my life. And I start to feel that, and I feel loved, and I feel listened to, and I feel like I can share even more with him. Can you help me with this situation? What should I do about this? Now, sometimes, even in the midst of that, I can just stay there, and maybe an idea comes to my mind right away. Maybe I have an insight about how to deal with a particular situation. I always like to tell a story of one of my spiritual directees who is a PhD student in chemistry had been struggling and struggling and struggling with this with this experiment. Couldn't figure out how to make the, the, the proper whatever chemical combinations to answer the question. She was struggling. She was she went, took it to her holy hour and she said, You know, God, you invented chemistry. I know that you know the answer to this. I know that you know how to do this. Can't you just help me? to take the next step and she was there and she was just praying you know and she's talking to him and suddenly the idea came to her mind she thought oh my gosh I think that's it and she went back and she tried it and it was the it was the solution that she needed <laughs> so those things happen you know those things really happen and now someone can say oh that's just a psychological something or other and just a mental something or other and just a neurochemistry something or other and well that's fine if you want to believe that uh, you can believe that, but and I know that all those things exist and they occur, but I also know that the Holy Spirit is in charge of all of that. And so as we enter into relationship with God this way, and we start to speak more honestly to Him, and we give Him space to respond, and, and the first way that we can give Him that space is by imagining, how is He responding? How is He paying attention to me? What kinds of things might He say to me? And I start listening in that silence in my heart, and something starts to happen there and as we keep moving forward again we we might have to refine our understanding of how he responds we're always going to be tempted to project well my father only kind of paid attention to me you know he was always doing something else when he was listening to me well God loves you more than your father did or does and so we have to keep refining that according to the truth the truth that's been revealed in our Catholic teaching like in the catechism which is based on the truth that's revealed in sacred scripture. And that's how we keep refining and making more real and accurate our understanding of how God is responding and, and to deepen our, our conversations with him in prayer. So if I'm, I'm, if I'm gathering you right, when your mind essentially starts wandering like that, it's not something to be discouraged like, um, or anything like that that's that that actually is part of the process is whenever you're sitting there and and trying to have the in-depth conversation because to me the always hard part is you know I can 
I can have a one-sided phone conversation all day. It's called leaving a voicemail. I do quite a lot of them. And <laughs> um, it, it, it's the receiving part of it that is that is the challenge there. And if I'm understanding you right, sometimes your mind wandering and going off in, in different spaces is is the benefit, is, is actually a good thing. If, if if I'm gathering you correctly there and I guess the other question here is with everything essentially having to be faster and more continual and more in your constantly demanding a response typically a less meaningful response but nonetheless a somewhat "Quote unquote urgent response," um, you know. You got to get back to that text. You got to kind of respond to this, that, or the other, um, which typically has less content and less thought behind it. But it's still all of this processing power that you got to exert energy to work and comprehend. I guess where I'm trying to get to is how do we teach ourselves to stop all of that? Because I'm, I'm able to understand that that's pretty much a problem. You know, your your mind can't be running 100% nonstop. It's like trying to fire up a computer, activate every program you have, and then say, go, go as fast as you can. It's just not going to work. And I think to a certain degree, your body's like that, where you can't just mentally comprehend it. So that's a topic that, that I'd want to ask you. Because I know back when I was in college that you had one of two choices. Your Monday was one Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes were an hour and your Tuesday, Thursday classes were basically an hour and a half. So they added up to three hours a week. I know that I was pretty much incapable of sitting in two of those hour and a half classes back to back without a gap because the second half of that class, of the second one was basically just, I'm done. Like, like, like my mind's done. I'm done. And how do we teach ourselves essentially to turn off everything else? You know, how to, how to hit the the off switch in the fact that you probably have a phone somewhere within, if not on your person, somewhere within three feet of you more or less 24 hours a day. Uh, at least I know that's me. Um, and the thing doesn't shut up. So how do you slow down and turn it off um well literally slow down and turn it off that's a starting point (laughs) slow down stop sit kneel and turn off your phone (laughs) now uh, as you said our our minds are are going and that's a really good question and i want to return to what i said earlier and i'm going to say this over and over again if you want to pray better pray more and once you pray as much as you can, pray consistently. Very important. So uh, now the reason I say that is that we, we do have to de- develop a discipline of, of greater interior freedom. It's not good for us to be so revved up that we can't stop. That's, that's a fast track to a heart attack, to a stroke, to... Uh, it's just it's problematic we can't have attention to people 
we're not going to develop relationships. We're, we're maybe going to become more like a machine able to process a lot of data, but we lose our humanity. And I was reading one thing that said, you know, when you give things to children, you will cultivate a, a deeper wonder and insight in them if you don't give them too many things, one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And it said, if we give them too many things, they develop a natural defense of indifference. That's what happens when we're, su- when we're super saturated with stimulation. We develop an indifference. None of it matters. I can't get too emotionally involved. I don't have time. I don't have time to really listen to someone, to be moved to tears, to be filled with joy. I don't have time for it. I got the next thing. So, so we literally have to practice that. And we may only be able to handle a few minutes to start with. We got to keep practicing it and stretching it. And that's just for our humanity. I mean, that's not even a spiritual point at this, just to become more human. If we can't turn some of that stuff off, slow some of that stuff down. So all these things are, you know, gaining popularity, yoga and Tai Chi and meditation, all these kinds of things that are Eastern new age, try Christianity, you know, just stop at a church, kneel down and, and begin to pray. Now, the reality is to come back to the point that you're making, Joe, well, when I kneel down to pray, I, you know, the, the hamster wheel keeps going in my mind and uh, all of these kinds of thoughts are coming. What do I do with those? Well, a very simple thing is to keep turning our attention back to the Lord. And if we can imagine him again, what does he look like? Maybe I see the face of Jesus. He's in front of me. Then I'm thinking about lunch. Then I'm thinking about this afternoon. I'm thinking about the things I have to do, my checklist that I didn't complete. Turn my attention back to the face of Jesus. And I I hold my attention there. I start to speak to him. And then I'm off to the races again, off somewhere else, worrying around. Turn my attention back to the face of Jesus. We can also use a word from Scripture for that. Um, Maybe it's, be still and know that I am God, from Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. And then I'm thinking about my mother, that I need to call her, my father's birthday, I got the other. Be still and know that I am God. And just practicing that, turning our attention back to God, will do all kinds of things for us just in cultivating interior freedom but it also becomes the foundation for our prayer. So we don't want to chase after every thought that comes. And when we have chased it a while, there's no point in beating ourselves up. And why can't I ever focus myself? And why do I always wander off in this? Why do I? No, no purpose in that. As soon as I realize I chase that thing down the road, like a dog chasing a car, you know, stop, turn my attention back to Jesus, pick up where I, where I was. So, so that's a that's a basic interior movement in prayer that I want to practice. Mm-hmm. Now, what I was describing a little bit earlier is, so I'm speaking to Jesus. Maybe I'm speaking to him not just about pious thoughts that make me look good or something. Oh, you know, saying all of my nice words in archaic English or something like that. But actually, I, I'm dealing with work and I'm dealing with a problem. You're a you do real estate, Joe, you probably have problems, problem people, problem sales, problem houses, problem, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> and bring those things to Jesus and, and say, oh, Lord, I've got this difficult situation. I've got this client. I don't know what to do. I really want them to make this decision. I want this deal to go through. And 
these are the things, Lord, that are on my heart, and can you help me with this? And maybe in bringing that before him, I can also hear him say, be still and know that I am God. I'll take care of it. Trust in me. Trust in me. I have a plan here. Trust in me. And we can hear that in a deeper place in prayer because we spoke our concern, and that's just a word from Scripture. Be still and know that I'm God. It's the one that came to me in that moment. And I trust that's from the Lord. I know that he's saying that. I know it's true. I take that from the Lord. I'm able to say, okay, Lord, I know that you're in charge. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in you. Now, maybe another thought comes there, too. You need to give him a call after you're done praying. Okay, I think that I think that was from God. I'm gonna I'm gonna seize on that, and I'm gonna try it. I believe that was from Him. So those those are the kinds of things that come, and and we learn to act on that, and we learn that we start to learn the difference between random thoughts that show up and things that are coming from a little deeper place that are that are really coming. We believe we can never prove these things mathematically. We talked about that in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. We'll never be able to prove these things, but we start to get a sense of his voice, of what he says to us, of things that we can trust, enough to give it a try and to be able to speak those things to the Lord or, and act on those things that we hear from him. That, 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 that makes a lot of sense um, as far as how to try to decompress um, because I think that that's something that that we all deal with um, you know in in our own different ways Um, you know you can uh, see it just just people driving you know you have people who who, who need to to gun it past seems like they pass everyone just as fast as they can just to get stuck three cars ahead of you in the traffic jam like how is that profitable? But um, but it, it it it's it seems to be the, the same thing with everything that that the answer is is chilling out whether how it be and, and having it systemized that that makes a lot of sense and and one of the thoughts that that had come into my mind in preparation for for this cast here today was was again, again going back to to what we talked about in the last one about how you have words that essentially you're taught to memorize and they they come in and they just sit in you and this goes back to when I was in in high school was that we had a religion course because it was a Catholic high school and the ultimately they said that the meaning of life is that life is a test and you need to pass it to be able to get to heaven and that that was the crux of, of of the teachings of that sophomore year and um, and the one of the things I remember we did every single day um, we actually did in homeroom was we ended every single session whatever it was with the simple prayer it was uh, well for football it was Our Lady of Victory um, pray for us <laughs> and then it was always it always ended regardless of what it was St. John Baptist they say I'll pray for us or, or whoever it was it always ended with and live Jesus in our hearts forever. So with that, um, it kind of leads me into my next question. So my question for that, and I think that this is kind of the backdrop of everything, um, is that we pray to get closer to God. And that's going to help us today in our tangible lives here on earth. But one of the other things is that 
essentially the way, and you can tell me I've been taught this wrong, is that essentially at the end of the day, hell is the direct absence of God. So if you think of it like a magnet, you got the 100% positive side, heaven being God, and hell being the absolute other end of that extreme. And basically where 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 my thought was there was if you if you're praying you're cultivating the spirit living inside of you and becoming closer to God theoretically that should help you get further away from the extreme of no God if you're if you're becoming developing a better relationship with him but then that ultimately leads to a whole bunch of other questions like are you really doing this just because you're scared you don't want to go to hell or are you doing this because you really want to or are you or basically are you a fake friend or are you trying to be a Klingon or, or are you trying to develop something real there and you know th- that I guess is in itself a whole bunch of other questions you know <laughs> but when, when you look at all that is that even a factor you should think about or is that just outside noise that's that's superfluous essentially yeah I mean part of the part of that self-doubt of you know what are my motives really am I really authentic is this sincere is it just a a fire escape and because I don't want to go to hell am I trying to manipulate God into getting what I want and probably some amount of those self-doubts are coming from you know some of my own stuff maybe things that people have said to me um you know just feeling fake or being worried about that uh so but anyway it, it may be the reality not that all of our listeners but some of our listeners deal with and the catholic wisdom has always been well you might start down this path out of fear of hell it's not the worst motivation you might start down this path out of fear of hell. Like, okay, I remember when I was at Penn State, there was a, a guy, I think he still does, uh, stand in front of one of the buildings called the Willard Building, and he would talk to people uh, at a, quite a loud volume. So his, his voice was right in front of the quad. A ton of people came by every day. And I was walking by one of the, one of the days when I was still an atheist, and he said, you know, you can't really be an atheist. That caught my attention. I thought, well, I am. And he said, because you can't know 100% that there is no God. You have to at least admit the possibility. And I thought, mm, okay, I'm, uh, I'm listening. I'm still walking, not paying attention, yeah. not turning my attention to him. But, uh, and he said, so if you admit the possibility that there might be a God, don't you think you should find out? I thought, well, that's pretty compelling. Um, I didn't do anything with that at the at the time, uh, but you can see it didn't leave me. And uh, eventually, when somebody invited me to study the Bible with him, I didn't think about that word of the Willard preacher explicitly, but that was the kind of thing that was in the back of my mind. I guess it doesn't hurt to find out. You know, it doesn't hurt to do this Bible study. It doesn't hurt to give this guy a hearing. So we might even think. There's a a great philosopher, Blaise Pascal, and he said, well, if there is no God and, you know, you, uh, uh, then it, then nothing matters anyway. You know, there's no hell, there's no heaven, there's no afterlife, there's, there's nothing. Um, but 
so that's uh you know that doesn't matter if there is a god and you choose wrong then that could be real bad for you forever so just from a statistical point of view you're better off acting as if there is a god that makes sense yeah um just in case so anyway <laughs> the point being that uh it's not the motivation we need to stay at it's not a bad starting point and as we start to enter into relationship with him, kind of in the logic of the Willard Preacher or in the logic of Blaise Pascal, well, you might exist. I might be talking to the air, but I might be talking to the, to, to the living God who is listening to me. Um, I'm going to act as if there is a God. I'm going to act as if what Christianity says is true. And if it is true, then God looks like this. He speaks like this. He listens to me like this. He loves me like this. He helps me like this and so on, getting back to all the things that we've said mm -hmm. so far in the podcast. And so um, it's not a bad starting point. As we pray more, we will pray better, and we will let go of some of those kinds of fears or concerns. And it will become much more about knowing God. And then our desire for heaven is not just escaping from hell. It really rises up from a desire to be with him forever. I don't ever want to be separated from God. I want to be immersed in his love. I want to be in his embrace at all times forever. And that's uh, the transformation of our motivation really takes place deep in our hearts. So the kind of journey where it doesn't really matter where you started from, it matters that you got there type thing. Yeah, that's right. Some of the some motives that we start with are not motives that we're going to finish with. And that's okay. We don't have to start perfectly. It starts somewhere, and I, th I think that for so many people out there, that that is in itself the um, an, an obstacle. Again, whether real or not, that 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 that's true. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's on you know a very very cynical level, there's a reason for essentially every relationship that you've ever had in your life. Um, you know, so if if that's the case already, then why wouldn't it be the case with with Jesus as well? You know, saying that out loud kind of makes a little more sense. You uh, and you you just applied a principle that we talked about earlier, Joe, which is that we can learn from our human relationships to get some insight in how that relationship with God works. Well, that, there's there's an accurate analogy there. That, that's good. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's very good. So, as, as we move forward here, unfortunately, we're coming towards the end of today's session. Um, you obviously teach about this topic a lot. Is there any other thoughts that you want to add in here as we have about two minutes or so left in this cast that you want to make sure that the people out there really get sunk into them? Well, again, I just love to reiterate that point. If you want to pray better, pray more. And when you pray as much as you can, pray consistently. It makes such a difference. And our starting point for prayer, speaking what's in our hearts, sharing with God our experience, letting some of that stuff settle down, decompress. Uh, just a little footnote with that. It's one of the reasons it can help to pray in the morning. We tend to be a little bit less riled up in the morning. And before we have created all of our checklists and our mind is going in a thousand directions, 
it's a, just a natural advantage of praying in the morning, even right after we get up or having our cup of coffee. Open the Bible, read a little bit. Uh, I was talking about praying in church. Praying in church is very helpful. It's another way that just helps us bodily. When we walk into a church, it kind of shifts our awareness a little bit to uh, be more prayerful. It's easier, a little easier to leave things at the door. But those are just some kind of techniques. They're not really essential things. We can talk to God everywhere, and we should. But uh, those are those are some techniques that can help us to just settle our interior and, and open up to Him. And then, again, the, the, a really key part is coming to a place of interior silence where I'm, a, I'm expressing myself and then I'm giving God a little bit of space to talk as well. And when I do that, I can use my imagination to visualize Him. I can imagine what would the most loving person in the world say to me in response? God is more loving than the most loving person in the world, so that's the right starting point. So what would he say to me in response? And, and by helping to fill in, as it were, his side of the conversation, we start, to, we start to grow in that. We start to make some steps in that. So I just want to encourage our listeners, give it a try. No substitute for that. Give it a try. Beautiful. Well, well, again, thank you very much for giving your time here today, Father. Thank you all for listening. And um, stay ready for the next episode of Father and Joe. Again, thank you very much, Father. Thank you.